This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. When it comes to your mother, you want her sleeping in a comfortable bed. When she's with me, she won't have to worry about that because I sleep on a Novilla mattress. Let me tell you, when your mom is at my place, she is sleeping on a very comfortable mattress and she is going to get you one as well. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night, made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. It comes in a box delivered right to your door, and you get 100 nights to try it out. Skip that trip to the big box mattress store and get a mattress from Novilla. Throw out that cheap Walmart mattress you got in college and get yourself a mattress made by Novilla. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Try out the mattress that your mom tried out last night. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Hello and what's going on my fellow Schwoklords, what is up? Welcome to yet another episode of Cancel Sweezy. Cancel Sweezy, better known as the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. Welcome to the show today, folks. Welcome to Cancel Sweezy, which is the name of the podcast. The podcast of which you clicked on, you clicked on my dumb fucking face uh, that your mom saw last night in bed. Oh, got him! <laughs> And that's also right. We got the soundboard back. For those of you who don't know, we had the soundboard basically. Uh, the hard drive I was I had a lot of my stuff on uh, is, I mean, it's still working. It has all the data on it, but it is running very slow, which <coughs> is very concerning uh, for a lot of reasons. But anyways, though, I, I don't have everything back on here, but I got the ones that matter, you know? What? So uh, the ones that really matter are back on here. Welcome to Cancel Shoeezy. Like I said, it's the Lord's favorite podcast. Sorry, the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. But uh, I also want to say Cancel Shoeezy is the only podcast that represents America right now. Uh, I know there's plenty of podcasts. Our friends for Shoei Media have America the Podcast. Uh, they're friends, and uh, My American Life are not our friends, but not our enemies either. We just don't know each other yet. <laughs> that's that's fun. Also, if you're watching me right now, you notice I got a haircut, and you're like, where's the mullet? I'm like, it's there. I just got it shorter. This is how I had it when I initially tried to go for the mullet because I was still growing it out. It's still there. I mean, it's still there. Uh, I just wanted it really short. Um, I was looking a little too Joey from Full House. I didn't really like that. I didn't want it to look too much like that. I want to I look neat. I want to look crisp. I want to be like cool stuff, neat stuff, slick stuff. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so really, you think I look handsome, uh, my mom doesn't think I'm handsome, I'm pretty sure she thinks I'm a fat fuck. Anyways, though, enough about my family life, we're going on to your family life, uh, like, checking out my music, Spotify, Apple Music, Tile Deezer, under Shweezy, it's like cancel Shweezy, but you just cross out the cancel part, Shweezy, that's where you find my music, currently we're going on new music right now, but we've got a lot of cool stuff in the backlog, we've got Ride or Die Volume 1 and 2, EP Kim, got some covers of, uh, it's gonna be May, because you bet I'm coming up in May. Um, and so you should go check that out. We're, we're in July now, so it's really fun. It's, I'm actually recording this on July 4th. That's why I am wearing the American flag on my shirt, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, apparently you uh, is against the rules of the flags, apparently. So I just want you all to 
uh, know about that. So, uh, come on, Mark, don't be stingy. And uh, yeah, so go check that. Go check my music. Go check me on social media. Uh, it's at the Schweezy. I don't think I'm gonna get on. T- I'm thinking thinking about just deleting my Twitter altogether. Oh, nothing comes back to haunt me uh, in the future. Uh, in case uh, the actual cancel Schweezy. Uh, I don't think I have anything that bad. It's mostly Christian bullshit. Um, and uh, yeah, so Instagram I'm on a lot. I'm on TikTok a lot. I'm on. Uh, facebook a lot so those are really good places to go check me out uh to see what i'm doing in the world get updated I especially want to do podcast shit music shit and all everything all together so uh yeah don't be stingy uh come on mark don't be stingy and uh go check all that out um twitch is also another social media too i stream every thursday over on twitch uh twitch.tv slash the shweezy Last week I played Jedi Fallen Order and I did have a lot of fun. I think I streamed for like four hours. I usually try to do like three hours. I usually I usually start at like eight and go to midnight. And I think I actually started at nine and went to like one a.m. So it was a lot of fun. You should go check out check out that uh, as well because uh, those games are fun and I just I I get alcohol in my system, alcohol, and uh, then I just drink uh, drink and just ramble about shit. Uh, so that's a great thing. Go check it out. The nice thing about Twitch, though, is that if you have an Amazon Prime account, which most people do, and uh, you're already paying for that Amazon Prime account, what you can go ahead and do is connect it with your Twitch account that gives you a Twitch Prime. Now, on Twitch, following anyone, that is uh, that is free. Just following anyone on Twitch is free. Get notified anytime I go streaming. However, with a uh, Twitch Prime, it gives you one free subscribe a month. Now, a subscribe is a typically, typically if you want to subscribe to someone without it, it's about $5 a month. Uh, which, you know, is, is nothing too. So if you want to just do that as well, it's pretty easy. But with uh, with that Twitch Prime, you basically get one free a month. So basically, you can help financially support any creator on Twitch uh, for free, uh, for basically what you're already paying for Amazon Prime for. You don't, not any extra money. Daddy. Help out daddy here today. And uh, yeah, just go, don't be, don't be, don't be that guy. Don't just help us out. That's not spending any extra money. If you're already paying for Amazon Prime, that's just a great way to financially support someone without, uh, you know, doing anything else. Um, we also have our Patreon page. Patreon, like I always like to say, is just a great way to say thank you for being a friend. So we travel down this road and back again. Your heart is true, like a pal and a confidant. Uh, so, uh, be, be cool. Be true to your school. Or whatever. So, yeah. So there's a lot of free shit you can do. Uh, I know a lot of people are listening right now, and some people are watching me. If you're watching me, that'd be over on YouTube right now. Make sure if you're on YouTube, make sure you like all our episodes. Uh, subscribe to our channel, ring the bell. That way you get notified whenever we uh, post new videos and new things like that. And uh, especially for the audio-only listeners, uh, you should definitely go check out our YouTube page as well. I mean, it is the full episode, so I know obviously some of you are, like, driving. And so I want you to, like, it's weird with uh, with podcasting. It's like, if you're driving, you're not really listening too much unless it's, like, some sort of clip show or anything. I always I try to be mindful of that as well. I know some podcasts, they show just a lot of videos and clips and stuff like that. And when you're, like, sitting in your car driving, like, you don't get it. I try to be a little bit better than that. But anyways, though, uh, why you should go check out our YouTube channel as well is I do post highlights uh, from all the episodes, all our individual segments and stupid shit like that as well. I mean, I post them on TikTok, too, but I do post them over on our YouTube page. And the nice thing about the YouTube page is uh, I go over a segment that I think you want to share with your friends, your family, uh, your grandma, your kids, 
what you can go ahead and do over on uh, that YouTube page is you don't have to like tell someone, hey, go to this timestamp, listen to this. It's really interesting. You just send them the highlight, and that's the whole thing. And actually, the whole thing you want them to listen to. They go from like 5, 20, 30, 15 minutes. You know, they, they all vary, you know, for how, how long I talk about it and shit like that. Uh, this is not one of those episodes where my nose just itches like a bitch. Um, no, so go check out that. Uh, obviously, if you're on the audio platforms, make sure you leave us a review and give us a five, four, three, two, one star rating. Everything I just said is a great way to help us infiltrate algorithms, and you know, I like that. So uh, why not do that for your old, uh, your old pal Schweezy here uh, today, forever and always. Uh, let's get into previous week right now. Previous week right now is the previous week right now. I, I, we, we've been doing this show for a while. I know some people are new, uh, but uh, we've been doing this show for a while. Um, you should kind of guess what previous week right now means, like the meaning of previous week right now. And uh, for those of you who also want to get into the joke, it's a play on Last Week Tonight by John Oliver. That's also uh, part of the joke that uh, you are all now in on. So anyways, though, let's just jump right into it um, and uh, see see what's going on. Um, let's get into the news today uh that uh everyone's everyone's dying to know uh the previous week before july 1st uh this is straight from insider uh insider our insider is the inside (laughs) okay this one's funny trump's girth would prevent him from actually getting to the steering wheel of his suv former secret service agent says i don't see this president ever being able to do that ever then President Donald Trump would have had to squeeze through an extremely tight space to be able to grab the steering wheel of an SUV in lunge at a Secret Service agent as a former White House aide, Cassidy Hutchison, testified Tuesday. It wouldn't be impossible, one former Secret Service agent said, but it would be unlikely that a six foot three, nearly 250-pound Trump, uh, who agent noted is not the most agile human being could pull off the move. Uh, Trump's not a little guy, right? And the space to actually be able to lunge towards the wheel is not that big, the former agent said, speaking on background to Insider. I don't mean to sound disparaging to the former resident, but just his girth would prevent him from actually getting to the steering wheel. Hutchinson's recounting of the SUV incident was one of the most explosive allegations during an extraordinary day of testimony on Tuesday to the House Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. Hutchinson said she was told the incident occurred when Bobby Angle, the special agent in charge of Trump's security, prevented Trump from joining his supporters at the Capitol. She recounted a description of the incident, which she said was relayed to her shortly after by Tony Ornato, uh, the White House... White House Deputy Chief of Staff for operations at the time, and the angle was in the room. Uh, the president reached out towards the front of the vehicle to grab the steering wheel and said during her testimony, Mr. Angle grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hands off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle, Hutchinson said, adding that Ornato motioned towards his clavicles uh, when recounting the story. Angle previously told the committee about a disagreement over Trump's desire to go to the Capitol and that they returned to the White House instead. Political reported last month with CBS News, NBC News have reported that Secret Service agents are prepared to testify that Trump didn't try to take control of the SUV or lunge at them. Uh, we have and will continue to make any member of the Secret Service available to the committee. Anthony uh, 
Guglielmi, a Secret Service spokesperson, told Insider, former Secret Service agents questioned the account in interviews with Insider. There's just too much gray area to bet the farm on it. Bill Pickle, a former deputy assistant director of the Secret Service, said, am I saying it didn't happen? I'm going to say that because we all know this guy can be pretty emotional. The fully armored SUV isn't like a typical suburban. There are secret features separating the front and the back seats and jump seats in the back that make the space extremely tight, the former agent who spoke on the background said. You have to slightly be a contortionist to get from the back cabin to the front cabin and the president not a contortionist. He added, agents are trained to move from the front into the back seats quickly in the event of a medical situation. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's not a pretty sight, the former agent said, adding that it's hard to believe the president would do that. It's not impossible, right, the former agent said with a laugh. I just, I don't see this president ever being able to do that, ever. This is, this, this is pretty funny. Look, I'm, I'm, it's, it's weird listening to these things, because I'm, I'm 100% on board, but like, he, that fucking jackass, like, definitely tried to start a coup at the Capitol. And, you know, I, I, I just, like, I'm just, like, thinking in my head, I, look, I have to first say, I don't, I don't plan on ever doing anything like this. I'm too lazy, and I would just, I'd literally just be at home and be like, I, <laughs> I, I'm yeah, I'm not too I'm I'm too lazy. What? Um so I just think it's funny. So it was a the the situation because uh, like the situation I kind of initially heard was that he Trump was like, I wanna go to the Capitol and then the Secret Driver was like, No, we're going to the West Wing and he was just kind of having a little baby bitch fit uh, over over the little boomer baby bitch fit because he's a boomer uh, going over the whole situation and then like then he he tried to like I guess mess with the driver was this what does it say the president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab a steering wheel uh, Mr. Angle grabbed his arms it's certainly yeah. okay so this I mean like this situation isn't like he was able to. He was he actually reached the wheel and shit like that. I think it just is he attempted. I think I think what we need to do is he attempted. They're probably making it sound like he he did a lot more than that. Uh, as a, as a man with a little chub himself, I will say he was probably he he was probably the, the attempt. Not he didn't get very close to it. I'm gonna say this. Uh, like I don't know as someone who also has high blood pressure. Uh, and it's from anxiety. I, I had the lab test done. It's from anxiety. It's not from being fat, you fuckers. You fuckers. Um, uh, he looks like a guy with uh, high blood pressure, which, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's it's a bad thing to have, but, like, it's nothing, like, that can't be controlled with meds. Like, that's what I take. I take meds. Um, I take a beta blocker for it. Um, he looks like he has, Trump looks like he has high blood pressure. Does I think Samuel Jackson looks like he has high blood pressure. Um, not really anything that matters. Also, I heard that like black people are more likely to have high blood pressure. I don't know where that scientific fact came from. I didn't make it up. I just read it once. That could be wrong. Don't actually don't, don't take that. Don't take that advice from me. Just, just assume, just say I heard it. Don't, don't go ahead. So look, I'm not saying he reached the steering wheel. He definitely didn't reach the steering wheel. That's, that's just, I, I just know as a fat person, like I was playing Jedi Fallen Order, twitch.tv slash Sweezy, and like we were like creeping through walls. I'm like, that's a skinny guy's game. That's definitely not a fat man's game. Um, I, I just love how people are like, because you know, the, the R words, which is uh, the Republicans, the new R word. Um, 
they'll like try to poke holes in any fucking story. But like, Trump's too fat to actually reach the. And then that's their, that's their case. To prove the libs wrong. Um, look, it would have been fun to watch a fat man struggle to reach a steering wheel in that car. Do I think he was close? No. Do I think he attempted it? Yes. I think they're talking about the attempt. Uh, they're describing the attempt. Uh, and that attempt also sounds like um, he, he didn't do a very good job with the attempt. Uh, but I love how they're, I love how this article went from like Trump's, his like girth. He's like a girthy. He's like a girthy. It's like, you're not trying to call him fat. He's like a little girthy boy and wasn't able to reach the steering wheel. As we took him to McDonald's, that dude eats a lot of McDonald's. I thought I used to eat a, I used to eat a lot of McDonald's in high school. I don't eat as much McDonald's now. I try to like try to eat better. I eat a lot of protein, but I, I eat I try to eat a lot better. Like, oh, what what is the difference though? It's like getting a burger at McDonald's versus grilling a burger at home. Is there is there that much of a difference? Uh, I mean, if I go no bun, you know, I don't know. Anyways, though, we've been talking about Trump's girth for a while. Let's move on to uh, other people. Uh, this one's from Mashable. Mannion's set to shatter box office records because Gen Z is obsessed with it. Reader, I've never seen a Minions movie, but that has never stopped me from delighting in the myriad joys of its babbling, Twinkie-shaped underlings or vector orange tracksuits. One of the franchise's charm is its ability to transcend language and culture to unite us as one grootiful family. <laughs> and this weekend, thanks to us, it's doing it to the tune of $129 million. That's right, Minions The Rise of Gru is projected to make more than $129 million, a new 4th of July weekend box office record. How did we get here? Well, the Minions marketing team has been hard at work, but Gen Z works harder. Through a series of Twitter and TikTok posts, they boosted the visibility of the film and transformed it from a movie to a living meme. Back in May, Jack Andanoff announced that he had produced the soundtrack of the movie featuring covers of 70s hit from Diana Ross, Brockhampton, Callie Ukas, Phoebe Bridger, Jackson Wong, Thundercat, and more that set the movie promotion off on the right foot because who doesn't want to listen to Phoebe and think about silly little minions all day? Just as the Minions franchise escapes categorization, it is a film for children or adults. Or, oh, is it a film for children or adults? Gen Z or geriatrics? So do its memes. The post below captured the diversity content that the internet has delivered us on the weekend in all its glory. Okay. So... I, I think we should get this straight here. Let's 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 be real, folks, fellas, fellas, boys. Okay, so the reason uh, Gen Z is Gen Z are probably not fans of the Minions. I'm just gonna say uh, they're making memes about it because they're making fun of it. How cringy and dumb the fucking Minions are. That's the reason why. Right, they don't like it. It's like saying Morbius was a good movie, and that's why they had to re-release it in theaters. No, no one liked that movie. The movie is so bad, it's a joke. Why do you think people are like, he doesn't actually say, it's Morbin time uh, in the movie, and uh, it's Minion time. Actually, that doesn't work very well. It's Gruen time, that would work. It's Gruen time. That's my favorite part of uh, the Despicable Me movies. It's Gruen time. Um... Yeah, uh, who who Mashable? Um, kind of like I assume you're you're a lot like BuzzFeed and uh, a little less cringe than BuzzFeed, uh, but I'm going to tell you here, Gen Z doesn't actually like 
minions. Uh, it's a joke to like minions, and you don't understand the joke. Uh, people have also been uh, wearing fucking suits to see the Minions movie, um, which is just funny. It's like it's funny, but like they're like banning people from wearing suits to see the Minions movie. Um, look, it's one thing when people were dressing up like the Joker to see the Joker. Uh, the idea there is uh, they're probably gonna like shoot up or murder people in the theater. Uh, that's the problem with the with the joker problem uh with minions if someone's wearing a suit to see the minions i'm just gonna give you an idea uh it's part of the joke uh the joke the meme uh you gotta understand memes are supposed to be funny they're not supposed to be serious uh people who think memes are serious are uh basically uh people who are pretty fucking stupid that's a fact right there so uh, don't come at me with that. I don't really give a shit. Uh, if you don't understand memes, just fucking, I don't know, fucking go on the internet or something. God damn, dude. Get a sense of humor. Oh boy, we got a, we got a fucking update from this motherfucker. I really like that. Alright, from Deseret News. Stranger Things, Garth Brooks reveals his Vecna song. Garth Brooks is by no stretch of the imaginations obsessed with Stranger Things, but the country superstar recently revealed that he is a fan of the hit Netflix series From a Distance. Uh, earlier this month, a few hours before his first of two concerts in Salt Lake City, Brooks spoke briefly with the Deseret News about the unifying and healing power of music. Naturally, the conversation turned to Stranger Things. Music has played a significant role on the show, and in Season 4, Volume 1, mild spoilers ahead, Kate Bush's running up that hill, a deal with God, helps protect Max Mayfield from Vecna. Uh, the dark monster and teen, the teens of Hawkins, Indiana, are determined to defeat. Max's saving song became so popular that Bush, an English singer-songwriter, earned her first top 10 hit in the U.S. for the song she released 37 years ago. The Guardian reported, Brooks isn't up to date on Stranger Things. Uh, he said the people who help him with his Inside Studio G weekly live stream are the ones who are nuts about it. But he said he feels like he knows the show through the enthusiasm of his crew. When asked what song of his he believes could best protect people from Vecna, or more in general terms, lift people out of the pit of despair, the singer briefly paused before revealing his answer. It wasn't friends in low places. We're lucky enough to have a number of anthems. For me, they're anthems because they say, they say something. He told the Deseret News, one is called The Change. And what it basically says is, they say you're crazy to try and change the world. But just make sure you understand. I'm not trying to change the world. I'm making sure the world doesn't change me. And that's a beautiful thing. He continued. So when you feel like you're down, you feel like everybody's against you, just remember that. Brooks recorded The Change, written by Tony Aradas, who wrote Brooks' smash hit The Dance, and Wayne Tester in 1995. The song reached number 19 on the Billboard U.S. Hot Country Songs. If you want to give the song a listen, you'll have to visit Amazon Music, which holds an executive streaming deal with Brooks. Stranger Things. Season 4, Volume 2, hit Netflix on July 1st. So look, first of all, I want to say here for everyone listening to the show, I have watched uh, Volume 2 of Season 4 of Stranger Things. I will talk about it next week because... It came out on Friday. I record these on Mondays. And uh, basically, that's not enough time for me to spoil the whole th fucking thing for everyone. Um, 
I like I like to give it a little bit like a week or so. I'm like, if you haven't watched it yet, you're not going to watch it. Um, so anyways, though, he... <sighs> fucking Garth Brooks. First of all, Garth, what the fuck happened to my dad? Uh, we need your goddamn fucking alibi of what you've been doing between uh, April 15th, 1958 through uh, April 14th. 2022. We just need to know your alibi, Garth. I'm not saying you killed my dad. I'm just saying I like an alibi uh, from you because I don't want you to be like, I like that, to my dad being dead. Uh, possibly you dug up his grave and put him in your crawl space because you got friends in crawl spaces where the smell is bad and the odor chases your dogs away and you'll be okay. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, anyways, though. Okay, for... Just... <sighs> Deseret News, are you just... I guess you asked... <sighs> I don't think this is Garth's fault, I guess, in this... I guess Deseret News, I would... I, I still want to blame Garth, but uh, Deseret News or whatever. What song would save you from the Vecna? Uh, have you watched Stranger Things? Uh, and he said no. Uh, unless you're, like, on live TV, you, know, you gotta figure that out. And if you're on live TV, you'd be like, uh, hey, is, do you know, you would talk to Garth's representative, say, has he watched Stranger Things? And they'd be like, no. Okay, I'm gonna ask him another question. I'm not gonna fucking ask him about Stranger Things. Nah, I haven't watched it. Well, there's this thing called the Vecna, and the only way to save you from it is a song you like. And, you know, as a music person, and especially if you're a music person, and watch it, I'm like, oh, I think that's really cool. Uh, and so, like, that's how he answered the song from there. Um, but, like, my idea is, like, you know, I'm Garth Brooks. I think I'm going to play one of my own songs to save us from the Vecna. Vecna's going to, this is what's going to save us from the Vecna. I'm Garth Brooks. I killed Sweezy's dad. Uh, shit like that. Garth, what happened to my fucking dad? Um, anyways, though, yeah, I like how Garth would pick one of his own. I know Garth doesn't know the, like, context of this, really. But I just like the idea that he chose one of his songs for this instead of like you know I really like you know he did the whole you know, like somebody to love you know can anybody why am I struggling oh cause I oh yeah I'm singing like I'm whispering find me can Garth find me somebody to love G and he did that weird thing for fucking uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody movie I guess he could do something fucking weird uh, for this as well I don't know fuck you Garth uh Where's my fuck? What happened to my fucking dad, Garth? Um, and uh, you got friends in crawl spaces. <sighs> Anyways, though, let's move on to our final article. Uh, I'm, I've, I've been trying lately to end previous week right now on more positive news articles. And today is one of those positive news articles. So let's get into it. Kitten rescued from Walmart vending machine from WRAL in Morristown, Tennessee. A kitten is safe after being rescued from inside a vending machine at a Tennessee Walmart last week. There were no details about how the kitten got inside, but according to a Facebook post from the city of Morristown, a Walmart employee named Lindsay called the fire department for help. When firefighters arrived, they could hear the kitten crying but couldn't see it inside the Pepsi machine. Uh, they unplugged it and took it back to the time of the machine off, and they still couldn't find the little kitty. Fire crews finally spotted the gray kitten in a small opening and eventually coaxed it out. According to the post, Lindsay took the kitten home with her. Fire crews joked about naming it Pepsi. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, luckily that cat got saved from the past machine. Man, 
I think it, it is really funny. Like you think about how cats, like it's pretty amazing that like, cause I think, what did I hear? I heard, uh, if their head, if they can get their like head through it, I guess they can get the rest of their body through it. So even with their chunky boys, uh, they can still get through a, like a, an opening for that, which, um, I mean, that's kind of interesting, you know, thinking about it. Um, like how cats, cats can just fit into a lot of things. And the fact that I got, what is it? They, in a small opening, you know, eventually, which they didn't really explain too much. Probably didn't know how it is. Uh, I bet it was just in a really uh, crooked area. I just love the idea. Like, don't cats are, I mean, cats are just curious. So they'll like, just like sneak in like little fucking areas, try to see where they can go. Like it got into it. Like, I wish it was drinking a Pepsi. That'd have been really funny. Um, but now it makes sense for fucking Walmart. Like fucking have, if you've been to a Walmart before, have you, haven't, you've seen, you've seen a bird inside Walmart. You don't tell me you have not seen a bird inside Walmart. You have seen a bird inside Walmart. And, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. What, what, else, what else do we have to say about this? I uh, just like how the kitten was rescued. It was a small, it was, it was a kitten. So it was pretty small. So yeah, it was probably able to fit into the random things. It was amazing. Yeah. You'd have to name, like, if you don't name that cat Pepsi, uh, I don't know what's fucking wrong with you. You got to name that cat Pepsi after, after rescuing it from, uh, it's from its almost death in a Pepsi machine. The cat has to be named Pepsi. Should you feed the cat Pepsi? No, I, I would say don't feed the cat Pepsi. Uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe name it Pepsi. Maybe have some fun. Don't be, don't be weird about that. Let's just name the cat. Let's name the cat Pepsi. What, what do they say? What color it was? Uh, no, nah, I didn't say what color it was. Uh, if it was like a darker color cat, I'm like, definitely Pepsi. Definitely Pepsi. Definitely Pepsi. Um, but you only go to the Pepsi machines to get some Mountain Dew. And, uh, yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Have you ever been out in public and thought, hey, look at that fat guy, only for it to turn out to be a mirror and you are, in fact, the fat guy? That was the moment that kickstarted me into becoming the greatest health expert the world has ever seen. But I wasn't born being built different. Like Joe Cocker before me, I get by with a little help from my friends. And my friends happen to be today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements for to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while you work out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder, by using the link in our description today. You can save 15% on your purchase. Go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. When you're at the beach, you aren't going there naked, letting everyone see your little shrunken pee-pee from being in the water. No, you're wearing some sort of clothing to cover up your privates. So why would you let companies you buy products from have access to the privates of your credit cards? That's where today's sponsor Privacy comes becomes the clothing for your credit card information. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. 
each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for a service with a free trial that requires you to put in a credit card to sign up. But wait, there's more. By using the link in our description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So it's time for another segment of Deep Thoughts. Oh my gosh, so deep. So Deep Thoughts is the segment of the deep thoughts that I've had throughout the week uh, that now I'm going to be talking about all over the internet, even if they're a little, a little spicy. Now, I don't think any of well, these, yeah, I don't think these are that spicy. But anyways, though, I, they're just some deep thoughts oh my gosh, so deep. I love that I wanted to go over. Um, all right. So uh, some of you know I'm staying with my mom because my dad's dead. Now, if you know, if you know, you know. Gotta take a drink. Um, so my mom's been watching Reba, and I don't think it's that bad of a show. And so uh, I'll just occasionally watch it with her. I haven't seen every episode, but I've seen a lot. Um, so there's an episode where Reba's son, Jake, uh, long story short, he accidentally joins a wheelchair basketball team. Now, if you haven't watched the show, her son, Jake, can walk. Um, no one in the show really can't walk. Um, that gave me like the thought here, and I think I had this little bit of a conversation uh, with my mom, but uh, more or less, though, here's the thought I have. Is it okay for someone who can walk to play wheelchair basketball, uh, assuming the people, other people on the team, uh, or a majority of the people cannot walk? Uh, they are wheelchair bound. Uh, and, and, uh, and also the rules is, like, the, the people who can use their legs do not use their legs in uh, in the game. Like they are, they're all. I mean, they're also in a wheelchair. That's the idea. So everyone's in a wheelchair. No one can use their legs. Like that's like you know, uh, it's, it's a very interesting thought. Like you know, thinking about it because it, it. I mean, to be honest, in my mind, someone in a wheelchair would actually play. But like, if everyone has to play in a wheelchair, and no one can use their feet theoretically, uh, I mean. That's me. That's basically gonna happen. Even like people in wheelchairs, like I guess some of them can have like can move their feet in a certain sense. Like they 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 have some movement. There, it's just not like enough to be able to walk or whatever. In my mind, it seems like someone who is who's you know in a wheelchair who has more who basically lives their entire life moving themselves around in a wheelchair. Because typically, if you're wheelchair bound, uh, unless you have an electric wheelchair, uh, I mean. I assume, yeah, most people in wheelchair basketball, they have to, like, they ha they can't use a fucking electric chair. I feel like there's, I don't know a lot about wheelchair basketball. I'm going to be honest with y'all for a second, though. But uh, I assume everyone has to, like, push their own wheelchair. Because, uh, you know, I mean, it would have to be fair for everyone in the game or whatever. Um, I assume people who would need an electric chair probably aren't. But people who, like, who, you, who push themselves around a wheelchair, most of the time they're like, well, I don't know. See, I'm kind of fat, so I'd be like, yeah, you can push me around. But most people, like, you know, most people in wheelchairs, like, I don't need help, you know, because, you know, they they want to be self-sufficient, you know, and most of the time it's fine. There's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with being in a wheelchair. If you're, ladies, if you're hot and you're in a wheelchair, I will fuck you. 
That, that is something I'll, I'll let y'all know that. Well, fuck you. Um, the one thing that the show Reba did get wrong about it, though, is that, like, Jake is terrible at shooting, standing up, playing normal basketball, like, but he was, like, the all-star on this team. Because I guess the joke of the idea in the show was that uh, he's a person who can walk, but he's really good at wheelchair basketball. But I feel like there's a lot of fundamentals to basketball that you'd have to know to be able to be good at wheelchair basketball. Uh, like, I assume, like, I assume if you're, you know, if you're in a wheelchair or you get, you're able, you're able-bodied, uh, like, your the shooting abilities should be the same. We're assuming you both, you have, both have full strength of your arms. And in some cases, uh, maybe you could be a little bit better at shooting if you're in a wheelchair because, uh, you probably have a lot more upper body strength than most people do. But, uh, that might be overthinking things, though. But no, it, to me, in my mind, though, assuming everything's, like, equal ground, you know, and I'd assume there's a lot of time. there'd be a lot of situations, and I bet, I've been in a lot of leagues, I don't know a lot about wheelchair basketball, but I assume in a lot of leagues, they may not have enough players, you know, on the teams or whatever, to have a full, you know, a full team or whatever, so they may try to recruit people, be like, hey, you want to play wheelchair basketball? Uh, we think you're really good, and, you know, I think it'd be a fun challenge for you. And so I'm, I bet some able-bodied people would be like, yeah, I'm into it, uh, you know. Um, and I feel like, I mean, it, would, it should be fair. I think I think it's fair. I'm, I'm starting to think it's a deep thought. Uh, oh, my gosh, so deep. I play it. I love it. Uh, so, like, it's, you know, it's, it's that. But, you know, you, you consider going forward with that. It's... It would require the same amount of skill, assuming, like, the people who are able to play wheelchair basketball and, you know, it's, like, different. It's, I mean, it's a different set of skills, too, but I don't think it necessarily matters if you're able-bodied or not. I think the idea of wheelchair basketball is people who can't uh, walk are able to play basketball, but I don't think someone who does, who is able to walk, should play. Like, now I'm thinking, like, if you're able to walk, it shouldn't be, like, walking versus wheelchair or whatever. Like, that's, that's fucking stupid. I know, I know that's fucking stupid, but, uh, I don't know, like, I feel like it's able, and, like, worst case scenario, you kind of, like, gently tie someone's feet down so they're not, like, kicking or bullshit. You know, I, you know, uh, you know, my, my mindset is, I believe it's fair, and honestly, I feel like it would be a little bit harder for someone who's walking, because they're, they're not used to, in general, working in a wheelchair as much as someone who isn't, like, I'm not a runner, but if I had to run, uh, I would die. I'd, I'd feel like dying. Uh, but I would also like be. I'm able. I'd be able to do it running, even though I'm not like really a professional runner. Now, like pushing myself myself in a wheelchair around a track for a mile, like it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different story. So, um, yeah, that's just, that's what my first deep thought. Oh my gosh, so deep. I fucking love it. Uh, the other deep thought I had this week. Um, all right. So you're you're a woman. Whoever's listening to this, you're a woman, and you date a man. So sorry if everyone for anyone. I'm not. I'm sorry for the other genders out there who didn't who weren't involved in this thought. Uh, my formal apologies. Sorry for my microaggression. Okay, but you're 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 a lady, and uh, you want to and you start dating a man who has two dads. Should you really expect him to be putting the toilet seat down? Like, how, how much, you know, you, you, you know, obviously there's the idea of, like, maybe getting used to it. Even then, like, I'm, I'm lazy enough where I just, I fucking leave, I just leave the seat down, wipe the, 
dribble. And for the ladies listening to the show today, or the vagina, actually, this applies to all vagina havers who um, will eventually live with a penis haver and deal with this. The reason why, see, if there's like a big puddle of piss, that's where the problem, that's a problem. I mean, it's that, and you're like, that guy doesn't know how to aim. Now, if it's just a couple drops, the thing is, like, when you get done, when you, when you get your mainstream out, it starts dribbling a little bit. That's why you sometimes find it, and sometimes you don't catch all of them. I'm 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 a ba- I'm a guy who will wipe it down with a sock. I I don't I don't even fucking care if you judge me for that shit. I do not give a shit if you judge me for that. I at least clean it up. I I clean up. If I accidentally get a couple dribbles of my own piss on the toilet seat, I will wipe it down. Worst case scenario, I like how the worst case scenario was the best solution where I wipe it down with toilet paper. Uh, no, I, you know, and sometimes you just leave the toilet seat down and be like, yeah, I just won't lift it up. My dream situation, if I could build my own house, I'm, I'm telling you this, uh, if I ever get to a situation where I get to build my own house in the bathroom, uh, obviously the bidet is going in the toilet, 100%. I'm, I mean, I already have a bidet in my current toilet right now, but that toilet also involves pee. I would love, in like the master bedroom, assuming I have a ride or die. Uh, First of all, ride or die, bitch. Uh, assuming, yeah, I have one of those. Uh, a urinal, I want a urinal installed in the bathroom. I'm a big fan of urinals. I don't even mind if I have to be the one to clean it. Uh, because it's just like, it's, so much easier. You can get like right up close to it. You don't have to worry about droppings all over the floor. It's different. I don't know. It's somewhat different than a toilet with a urinal. Like it's just, you know, I don't know. And some people are like, urinals are gross. I'm like, oh, well, I like peeing standing up. I- I'm telling you this. The only time I pee sitting down is if something else is coming out of my butt. Uh, fingers crossed it's poop. Uh, Situation like that. Anyways, though, um, that's that's just a, that's not even like a much of a deep thought. I'm just like, uh, that's more of like a PSA, ladies. If you're man, for the for the straights out there, ladies, if you're man, uh, if he, uh, if he doesn't put the toilet seat down and he has two dads, he's gonna. It's an adjustment period for him, and you just gotta like shut the fuck up. Uh, You know. I identify as a fucking threat. Anyway, so that's uh, that's our end of deep thoughts uh, for today. Let's let's move on uh, to any, everything else we're going to talk about. I recently watched Life in Pink. Uh, basically, it's a documentary on Hulu, owned by Disney. Why Disney hasn't? I guess someone owes another part of Hulu. Anyways, though, I'm kind of I'm just kind of pissed of having Disney Plus and Hulu. Uh, I just want them to fucking dissolve Hulu, uh, have Peacock take part of it, and then. Uh, Disney take the rest, and but they have now have original. It's a long story. Anyways, anyway, I watched Life in Pink on uh, Hulu, and so we're gonna talk about that now. I'm I have really enjoyed Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly is what Life in Pink is about. I've really enjoyed uh, his albums, Mainstream Sellout and uh, uh, Tickets to My Downfall. I've been really enjoying those two albums. Uh, I've listened to some of his rap stuff. I'm just I, I don't know. I'm I've kind of just over rap music for in general. Like when I really got into like hip hop and rap was uh, like when Childish Gambino, Chance the Rapper, that era before SoundCloud kind of took over uh, hip hop and rap. So uh, now it's just kind of like a bunch of shit. <laughs> it's just a bunch of shit out now. Um, thinking about, yeah, you know, um, so just kind of like slowly moving forward from there. Um, so, yeah, you know, so, like, it's talking about this. So, basically, what this documentary starts with, it goes from, uh, 
it goes from like after he released Hotel Diablo going to his current album, Mainstream Sellout. So it's kind of like a documentary of everything that's happened kind of in between there. Uh, and so it, it is a very interesting story because mainly, if you don't know, if you didn't know anything about Machine Gun Kelly, like you knew he was a rapper for a while and he had a couple of hits uh, and stuff like that. But then he switched to pop punk music and then that's when... Uh, and those songs were the ones that really kind of like took off and really helped his career out a lot. But... Um, and people just think like, oh, he failed at rap. And so he decided to switch to pop punk and be a rocker, like a rock guy. So it was really cool. And so the nice thing about this documentary, and so I'm telling anyone, uh, first of all, I'll tell anyone who thinks that, who thinks, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, uh, switched from like rap to rock music because he failed at it. No, that wasn't necessarily the case. Like his album, Hotel Diablo, uh, Diablo, Diablo, Diablo. Um, that album was actually, um, that was actually pretty successful. And that album, I really put him actually on the map as like a rap artist and stuff like that. So really, I guess like assume, I think his record label was expecting him to actually be releasing another rap album, uh, instead of actually kind of like where he actually went. Uh, basically what happened, the story that went through the documentary and that could have been fake, but I like to believe documentaries are a hundred percent true. Uh, uh, basically what happened, how it goes in through the documentary is that basically he was doing rap music and he was kind of like touring with Hotel Diablo and then, you know, uh, the pandy hit. And so when the pandy hit, you know, everyone was just kind of like, uh, just figuring out shit to do and to waste time and stuff like that. And, uh, basically what MGK decided to do was that he was like, I don't know, Start pl- and he just started playing guitar a lot more. Like, he already knew how to play guitar, but he's just like, I'm going to play guitar more. Uh, basically, he was doing that. He was, like, posting shit on his Instagram, and eventually he got together with Travis Barker. They started collaborating, and uh, basically after that, Tickets to My Downfall was made. Somehow they didn't mention the cover of Misery Business by Paramore they did together. Look, in, in pe- I bet no one, everyone wants to know my opinion on that, apparently. Um Here's the thing. Like, I like the originals Machine Gun Kelly's been doing in the pop-punk genre. He, but I also have to say, like, his covers, I guess he did a System of a Down cover as well. What I have to say about that, I don't think he really has the vocal range to be doing a lot of covers like that. Like, he has a very limited vocal range, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. Like, when they write his album, Mainstream Style Out, and they write Tickets to My Downfall, uh, when they wrote those, they wrote him wrote those for his voice, and that's really work. That's the thing about writing music. You have to write it for your voice. If you're the artist, and you're going to be the singer, and you have a very limited vocal range. Uh, that's why Johnny Cash was such a big artist, because he wrote songs in, with. I guess he may have written with other people. He wrote songs for his vocal range, and that's what made it work with Johnny Cash. And I think with Machine Gun Kelly's original music, I think that's what really works for what his original music is doing. Uh, and so it's just like... And one example I will say, though, if you're like trying to under, not understanding what I'm trying to say here. So in Paramore's song, Misery Business, Haley Williams goes, whoa, I never meant to brag. And the item, the I guess not the item, the specifics you want to go to when listening to that is the whoa, it's a scoop up, whoa, is that's what you're listening to. Now, when Machine Gun Kelly does that song, instead of doing the whoa, I never meant to brag, he does Whoa, I never meant to brag. Mainly because he probably couldn't, he doesn't have that vocal control. I'm not saying his voice is bad. I'm just saying he doesn't have 
the voice to be singing that song. That's the thing. And so basically what happened is Melodyne or Autotune or whatever they were using for pitch correction. And uh, he was probably trying to scoop up to it. He's like, whoa, like, whoa, I never meant to brag. He, they just kind of corrected it. So it's, whoa, I never meant to brag. Um, for me, you know, I just, I mean, I've, I went to school and I did singing lessons and stuff like that, which is not that specific style. But, but I kind of understand how skipping, whoa. So I could do that, but... I'm not saying necessarily he should do that. And I just think, you know, when you have a voice, you have to know your limitations with your voice. Yada, yada, yada. That's it. Um, yeah. And so basically after that, they, they missed that. They missed the misery business part of it. They just skipped that all together. But then, yeah, they made Tickets My Downfall. And Tickets My Downfall, I thought, was a great, great album. And I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed listening. I ever, this That was probably one. I didn't have a lot of favorite albums in 2020 and that was probably my favorite album in 2020 just saying that i didn't do it 2021 i had a good uh thing which i which is on the channel too go check that out favorite albums of 2021 um oh yeah they did this other scene uh they basically have everyone in the room all the record label executives assistants yada 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 a lot of them were on their phones to, i know they were taking notes on their phone but it's just such an la thing for people to just be like on their phone, be like, yeah, okay. So, yeah, this is the, like, I just think of that scene from You, the season two, where Delilah is, like, showing Joe his place, and she's just on her phone the whole time looking at it and stuff like that. Just, like, there's something on my phone that's that interesting for me. To, I have to be on it 24-7. And those are the same people, like, you actually try to text to get to know them, and they sorry, I didn't see my phone. But when you're around them, they're, like, on their phone the entire fucking time, like, those people fucking annoy me. Anyways, though, I saw those people, and, like, he was in the room. Like, they were all listening to the album because, basically, they had to have a... I, most record labels, they make you listen to the album and shit like that. Um, stuff like that, which makes sense, and I... I it makes sense, but I also kind of hate it at the same time because, you know, they're trying to sell a product. But as an artist, I fucking hate that. Anyways, though, in that scene, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, uh, he, like, jumps on the table and is, like, air-guitaring and rocking out. I'm like... Could you imagine uh, being a millennial? Just you just hung over because life sucks, and you drink all the time, going to your fucking corporate suit job, uh, making shit ass music. But then, like you, you kind of have some songs you kind of like, but you're also hung over. And then, like this dude just starts fucking air guitaring on the table, like pretending to rock out. Uh, that would just fucking annoy me. <laughs> that would annoy the fucking shit out of me. Um. Oh, also, I want to talk about, like, through this documentary, everyone calls him Kells. Uh, so I thought that was, like, a variation of his name, Colson. Like, I know, you know, it's it makes sense to have a state. Like, I'm telling you, I'm Sweezy. That's not my real name. Uh, it's it's a variation of my real name. And the the nice idea thing about having a stage name, you know, a lot of actors don't go by their real names. The, the reason why you have that is because just when you have to do real-world shit, uh, like, say, Anne Hathaway, her she goes by Annie or whatever, People call her Annie Hathaway or whatever. I don't know. Or, or Kelly Clarkson, uh, she got divorced. Instead of going back to Kelly Clarkson, her like maiden name, she's like Kelly Leanne or something like that. Like that's her full name now. You know, it's just it's just nice to be like Kelly Brianne, and then because you're like I'm Kelly Clarkson, you're like, whoa, you're that famous chick. And, you know, it, it's and but I'm you know, you you get what I'm saying. Um, anyway, I thought it was like a variation of Colson, but apparently it's Kells. After I turned on the captions, it's a variation of Kelly. So it's like people just call him Kelly. It's, it's, that's kind of weird. Um, 
another thing, like people started talking a lot of shit about like him on the phone with Megan Fox when he wanted to kill himself. But I'm like, can we all like be nice to people like who are having like we talk about all the time like, you know, if you're struggling, you need help. I'm here for you. I'll call you. And then like this documentary comes out and like it's like, you know, MGK was on the phone with Megan Fox and he felt like killing himself. And now people are like joking about that shit. Like as people was like, if you need someone to talk to, like call me and like, look. Uh if you're like the kind of person who makes fun of like Machine and Kelly who wants to kill himself, and then you're like telling me that you you know I'd I'll be here for you if you need me. I'm like, I don't think you really give a shit. You just want to be, you just have a fucking hero, white savior complex. Like, fuck you. Um, you know, like, I like Machine Gun Kelly. I think he's, you know, I, I think, basically, I know friends who've met him, who know him, met, slash know him. And basically what they say is, like, he takes too many drugs and drinks too much, like, where he just acts like a fucking doofus asshole kind of thing. But when he's, like, normal, sober, he's a very, very nice guy. That's that's what I've heard from my friends I know who know him. Uh, but anyways, though, like, you should never... It, like, I just hate... It's the same people. It's the same people who are joking, like... Oh, if anyone's ever feeling down or feeling like they want to end their own life, please talk to me. Those are the same fucking people who are making fun of him for, like, wanting to kill himself. Like, after his dad died and, like, he's having to go through all his dad's stuff and help move it all out and go sort through it. Like, these are the same people who are making fun of him for that shit. Like, fuck them. Fuck you. If, you, if you're, like, that kind of person, go, go fuck yourself for real. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's all I have to say on this documentary. Overall, I really enjoyed it. It's very interesting because, like, I, I, you know, you know, kind of very interesting on albums I like. It's nice seeing a documentary on at least two albums that you, I've really enjoyed and seeing how they were made. I, I never really thought Machine Kelly did a lot of the guitar parts on those albums. Like, he did that one time. He did a solo and it kind of sucked ass, like, live. Like, there was one time. Uh, overall, he's not, like, a soloist or whatever, but, like, he played a majority of the guitar parts like on those albums which is very impressive like uh some of those parts i think are really good and i think they really fit and uh pr production wise lyric wise i think there's a lot of good things on that music so overall very interesting documentary uh i'd suggest that if you i'll, I'll guess i'll only suggest that if you've enjoyed uh the last two machine gun kelly albums i would say that's when you should probably go watch it uh, we also have The Way Down Part 2. So the most popular po highlight on this channel, uh, the most popular thing I've been getting was from uh, The Way Down uh, when I talked about Gwen Shamlin's Church, the HBO Max documentary. And I was kind of upset they didn't include clips of me in, in the documentary. I'm just saying, I'm just saying they could have used those. I would have signed off on them. Uh, I, I don't give a shit. I would have signed off on all that shit. Um... But uh, I guess for those of you who need only update it for you, The Way Down, it's a documentary on HBO Max. Uh, it's about church leader Gwen Shamblin, Laura, but the Laura's pretty recent, uh, in her church that was, ba it's in Nashville, where I'm from, and uh, basically, it was basically like right where I was, and I've driven in that parking lot, I've driven past it hundreds of times. Uh, it's in Brentwood, I guess Brentwood, Tennessee, which is uh, basically somewhere from Nashville. But that's uh, where all the rich people, Brentwood, Franklin, that's where all the rich people in Nashville live. Um, basically, it's people like that, uh, 
Anyways, like that. So it's basically a church cult, rich people. But the thing with this church cult that's different than other ones, it was about, like, how you can lose weight because Gwen Shamlin started, like, a weight loss program called, like, The Way Down. And it was W-E-I-G-H, uh, down, help people lose weight, which was, like, God will help you lose weight. And it was, and like, whenever you're hungry, just pray to God. So it was really just portion control for people, and that's how they lost weight. Uh, which, when you talk about, like, a portion control there's there's good and bads to it like it's like portion control i just won't eat today that's bad portion control good portion control is like hey i'm gonna eat these meals today it's gonna equal out to like 1500 1700 calories uh 100 calories and it'll be and it'll be good and i'll be good i have a calorie deficit i should be good uh which you but also it was kind of very toxic they also talked about about beating the shit out of children uh when they misbehave or annoy the shit out of you uh, which is not cool. I do not support that. I know I have. I know there's probably some people who listen to this, and some even friends and family of mine that are like, "Well, I'll spank my kid, but I don't want to like, you know, I'm not gonna beat them." And I'm like, "Yeah, you shouldn't spank them." Like, I just don't think it really helps. You know, like I, I don't know. I just, I don't think the spanking part's what's doing good. I think there's there's. I don't think it helps, and I don't think it's the real fixture of anything like that. Anyway, okay, moving on. Um, so. Basically, they, they had three episodes, and it was probably going to be, like, a three-episode documentary. But then they had, like, a plane crash in Percy Priest Lake, which is, like, near Nashville. Uh, and, like, Joe Lara was the pilot of the plane. Uh, and so it's not very—I'm going to say this. Uh, if you're piloting a plane and you don't really get out of the metro area of where you flew off from, you're probably not that good of a pilot. Uh, and that's the case. I remember me and my friends were talking about it when they— initially we're in the lake we're like uh i bet the people doing like the search party and shit for that we're like whoever finds uh, gwen's wig is the winner um but uh yeah no so they buy it. i'm not making fun of their deaths i don't think that's important so they kind of go into the death i thought there was some weird conspiracy theory about the death of it i thought when i remember when it was initially um I guess when it was initially announced it, I thought my friend told me that they were, uh, they were, they were sending like the text out before the events happened, but I'm not uh, entirely sure that was that nothing was really proven for that. So I'm not going to really go by that. I thought there was a conspiracy there. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to make sure that there's actual proof before we actually go through, uh, any sort of real conspiracy theory in regards to that. Uh, Anyways, though, I bet the winner, I bet that search party was like, I found the wig! Uh, and stuff like that. Uh, basically, they kind of explained, go and research, and they, they actually had someone, they didn't have a church person do this. They had, like, a guy who knows about piloting shit like that. Basically, Joe Lara was the one who was flying uh, the plane. And basically, like, he paid to have his license renewed, but... With flying, I guess, how they, they market, you know, I'm, I'm a musician, so we talk about, like, the 10,000-hour rule because uh, it takes 10,000 hours to master something. So I understand you have to practice, you have to do things over and over again to be good at them, to be a master. Like, why you think you hire professionals to do certain things because they put the 10,000 hours in to do something. So Joe Lara, he, like, he paid to have his, like, flight license renewed, but, like, his hours actually flying weren't that much. And so... Definitely, like, when you fly, like, you know, even if you, you fly Spirit, even them, <laughs> I like how I'm, like, t talking shit on Spirit. Uh, you fly Spirit Airlines, basically they know 
uh, that like those pilots still have flown a lot. What? Uh, in their you know in their travels and shit like that, and so that's something like you have to worry about with them. Uh, but like Joe Lara just has not flown a lot, and it's basically. And that's and that's another thing. So like I guess I say like he hasn't have, he doesn't I say like Joe Lara doesn't have a lot of hours in on flying a plane. And you're like, what if I fly on a you know, I go through an international airport and I fly somewhere. Those pilots are flying all the goddamn time. Like you do not have to worry. They even also have a co pilot. And what is a co pilot on flying? Basically, uh there's two guys who are perfectly fine with flying. Uh, one guy's actually probably flying the plane, but if that guy has a heart attack and dies, there's another guy there to help out. Basically, they have, like, two pilots, one in case the first one dies. Uh, so, you know, I don't think people should be fucking worried about that if you're worried. Um, so that's a big part of the documentary, and I feel like they should have just waited out till they finished that section of the documentary and just put that as the final episode and finished it off there. But they had another episode, uh, which consisted of other people who was like, I want to step forward, uh, with what they have done in my life. And, uh, like, like, and I, like I said, and I, we were talking about the, the last clip I did or the last time I talked about this. Uh, it's, it's better when I talk about the last time because, and I wish people, if you if, please tell me you've watched the first one before you go to this one, because I really did talk about how shitty they fucking are and how shitty and toxic they are. But now we get to this other part and it's been so long. I'm like, yeah, I already knew this. Yeah, I already knew this. So I like, I like, didn't really care about their testimonies and shit like that. But obviously, it's the same from the last one. So if whatever was said in the last one is different. The only different story we heard was a guy. He, I guess, he came out as gay and he told Gwen Shamlin he was gay, and Gwen basically shunned him, and they made everyone else in the church shun him. And eventually, he went away. So that's the only difference. But also, like that doesn't really surprise me. And I feel bad for that guy because like, he just wants a place to be accepted and stuff like that. And church is not that place. Just, I know, I know you, it's weird because you, you really like this idea of God, but then everyone's like, Oh, you're gay. The, the old Testament says it, but it also says that women can get abortions, but I don't like that. So we're going to ignore it. Fuck, fuck the Bible. Um, Oh, and they also showed a pilot of like a failed reality show. They tried to watch launch and it was, wasn't even interesting and stuff like that. Uh, so that's another thing uh, they talked about. Uh, and now I guess the church was run by Elizabeth Shamblin Hannah. Uh, that's Gwen's dom Gwen's daughter. Domlin? What the fuck am I saying? Um, and uh, she looks horrifying. Uh, she looks like Jamie Campbell Bowers, uh, like the vampire he played in Twilight. Uh, she looks just like him. Um uh, they also showed, okay, so in the initial video I made about this, they showed, I, I talked about, like, on Franklin Road, like, that's the road there's, like, a million churches on, a church I used to go to that was pro-gay. I just want to say that. I'm not that guy. Uh, they, they, it was, like, a, this road, Franklin Road, a ton of churches, or rich people churches out in Brentwood, Franklin, Tennessee, uh, and they put a billboard up of this documentary on that road, and it wasn't far from where this church is. That's like the weird thing. Um, they showed them just putting up that billboard on that road, which I don't understand that. Like that was only a funny thing for people in the community. Now they're like, yeah, we're going to try to be assholes with this documentary. Um, and, uh, I think that's everything I have to say about this. Yeah. So, uh, if it wasn't for the plane crash, I don't think the last two parts of this documentary 
were really necessary. Now, I hope people actually have watched the first part of this. The highlight is up on the Cancel Shoozy channel now. Uh, or I can't remember what actual episode we did talk about. It was uh, back in the fall of 2021. But no, go make sure you check that out because it is a good documentary. But like, if you watch it now and you haven't watched any parts of it now, uh, you would be very shocked in, in and awe of like the horrible shit this church did. But if you watch that part, back in the fall and you watch this part now like you're gonna be like uh there's really nothing new minus the plane crash like we really just needed like to figure i really just want to know what happened with the plane crash and where they are now and uh yeah that's all i really need to know so i don't know i don't think this needs to be in two parts they should have just waited and like waited to get more information on the plane crash and finish it that's just me in like an artistic sense but I don't know. What are y'all thinking? I don't know. What are y'all thinking? Uh, Man proposes and God disposes. That's, that's a good way to think about it. Have you ever cracked open a cold one with the boys? The vibes are on. Then all of a sudden, you are out of cold ones. Though the vibes are still on, the vibes will soon go off because you are out of cold ones. There's no need to drive when you're under the vibes. That's why today's sponsor, Drizzly, is here to make sure that the vibes continue. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's a saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allows drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee. So using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. You're not a boomer who still goes to what our ancient civilizations called a store. You buy everything on the internet like a modern individual. What if I could tell you that you could be saving more on your purchases by only making a few clicks on your computer? That's where today's sponsor, Honey, will change your life. Honey is a free browser extension you can download using the link in our description of this episode. Honey searches the entire internet for promo code, coupon codes, free shipping, and anything else that will save you money when buying things online. It's 100% free and at no point will you have to pay for it with all of those many, many microtransactions. It's as simple as pressing a single button and you can start saving money. Not using Honey is basically throwing money away that could be saved for more important things. I recently had to get business cards uh, for myself and Honey literally saved me 60% on a, like a pack of 500 business cards. It was amazing. Add the Honey extension to your browser today for free by using the link in our description of this episode. And when you support, uh, when you use our links, you directly support this show. All right, so it's time for Ask Shweezy. What is Ask Shweezy? Maybe asking. It's when you ask Shweezy questions, and I answer them uh, the best I can. Hit me up on Instagram. Email the Shwedcast at gmail.com. I don't know why I still don't have an updated email address for that from the fucking old the old show, not the new show. We are. I get, I get like, messages. It's like, hey, I'd love to be a guest on the Schwedcast. I'm like, okay, look, you, you clearly don't listen to this fucking podcast. So you're can also not consider that. It's like, ah. oh, anyways, though. Uh, anyways, we got to get into the fucking questions that you all have. So I guess let's just get into it. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into it right now. And you're going to 
And you're going to fucking tell me what you think. You're going to complain in the comments about everything I got wrong. Uh, so let's go into it. I'm a gay man, but I think I'd like to have sex with a girl. Uh, there are obviously more straight men than there are gay men, so for my entire teenage and adult life, I read and heard stories about heterosexual men. I've never found this information useful for obvious reasons, but it got me thinking that I could easily satisfy a girl by using the tips and tricks I've read my entire life. I watch straight porn 99% of the time, and I know it's fake, but it turns me on so much. How do I go about meeting up with someone, doing the deed, and parting ways afterwards just to see if I like it? Uh, we have Grinder in the gay community. If there's something similar for the straights, uh, I'm going to be... Okay, so let's go into that fucking Grinder comment that you just fucking made. Um, if they made Grinder for fucking straight couples, women would be, first of all, sexually harassed nonstop, but also... Probably sexually assaulted as well. Um, the fact that I'm giggling right now is a bad thing because just because I'm laughing at the idea there's a gr there's a version of grinder for straight people because like for men just for men it's like yeah I'll just have I can just I just want to bust a nut I'll just do it with any fucking anyone but like but just for like someone thinking like is there a way that I could just find a woman who wants to have sex with like she would keep be assaulted. So quickly, uh, she's probably been assaulted. Before. I'm not saying this is a good thing, but there's those women who've been assaulted and they just kind of lean into it at that point or whatever. It's not a good thing. I'm just saying it happens. Um, so there is no such thing as grinder for the straights. Um, uh, so basically, so here's the thing, buddy. You don't sound that gay. Ninety nine percent of the time, you watch straight porn. Like that's how you get off. But you you identify as being gay. See, I don't. You don't sound that. I'm not you. I don't know you. But I don't. There's something about what porn you get off to that says a lot about who you are as a person. Like there's guys who watch lesbian porn, and that says a lot about the guy you're you're thinking about. Like that says a lot about the guy. I'm like, I only watch lesbian porn. I don't want to see a dick when I'm jerking off. And it's something, okay. I'm like, well, that's not gay. But what is that exactly? Like, I don't fucking know. Um, but you're, you're gay, but every time you watch porn, you watch straight porn. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this idea. Okay, so you, it doesn't sound like you've had sex with a woman. A female, as some people would say. Um, uh, he, uh, here's the thing. If you, if you just want to bust a nut with a woman. This is, this is going to be very harsh. And so I'm just warning everyone here that this is going to be a very harsh comment. You're going to have to fuck a fat chick. Like, there's like, you know, and most chicks are like going to be offended. Like, oh. And I'm like, you're not fat. You just have a little bit of body fat. There's a difference between being an obese woman and just having some body fat. There's nothing wrong with you. Uh, there's plenty of women I would still fuck that would not consider themselves skinny. Be like, oh, I'm fat. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'd still fuck. Like, let's just be honest, though. I'm like, but you, do, you, my friend, you're like, I want to have sex with a woman. Like, it's going to have to be a woman who 
doesn't get fucked a lot, so she's horny. And those are the fat, the the obese women. Those the very obese women are gonna be the ones you gotta fuck. So just saying, you're just looking for a woman to fuck. You're gonna have to find a very obese woman. Now, now, but like, there's so much more in what you're saying that I'm more concerned about. Like the the fact that 99% of the time you watch straight porn, buddy. You, you, okay, I, I want you to have sex with a woman. I want you to go out there, have sex with a woman. I want you to re-eva- reevaluate your sexuality because I don't know if you're 100% gay. Everyone listening here has to agree with me here or, or else you're, you're banned. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. I'm moving on. I have to move on. Why do we only like the smell of our own farts but not other people's? Finally, something I know what to talk about. Um, Okay, so I've been told, I've been told, um, as someone said, so there's something, okay, so what I, what I know, I'm not a scientist, I don't know why it's always like, I'm not a scientist when I'm doing this section of the pod, um, but there's something about, like, when you fart and that smell comes out, that's the smell of your own colon and your own bacteria and all your own other shit that in regards to that. And so, like, when you smell that, the reason why your nose and your brain, like, why when it goes to your nose, basically everything that happens is, like, like with your smell, like, you smell it, and then that smell has to go to your brain for you to process it. And your brain processes it as your own internal organs, your own biome, your own bacteria, your own fart, your own smell or whatever. And so your mind then realizes, like, oh, this is safe. This came out of me. This is safe. And so you smell it and you're like, oh, that's kind of nice. And you're like, you're like, oh, it's gross. But like, you know, my mind's like, that's gross. But I don't, I'm not trying, I'm not throwing up right now, you know? I mean, you're not like disgusted. You're not like, oh, that's gross. I'm like, uh, but you know, you, it's familiar to you. I think it's just your brain's way. It's probably like some sort of evolutionary trait that we know, like we fart, like, you know, we, we, you know, we fart and like we smell it. We know like our, the fart is safe, you know, it's just your body releasing gas or whatever, uh, knowing that it's like a safe stuss substance and then, you know, and that you're safe. What? Yeah, I know. Fucking, <laughs> the... Ah, uh, yeah, so, fucking lot, a lot of, a lot of things to process there. Um, so yeah, I guess it's, I think evolutionarily, that's probably not a real word, um, it's just our body's way of saying, like, that's safe, you're fine, don't worry about it. I think probably that's that's the way to figure that shit out uh, in regards to how we're being, how how we're how we're existing in this world. We are the world. We are the children. I'm gonna move on. How come almost every pop song is about the singer being slash having been in a toxic relationship? I don't listen to radio or whatever, but every time I am forced to listen to some mainstream music, the song is quite literally almost about somebody either being stuck in a toxic relationship, finally being over the stupid toxic ex and how you don't care anymore. Meanwhile, though, singing a whole song about the ex and trying to rub it in some shit, uh, crying about a toxic ex, sometimes feeling like they are singing directly to the ex while being all whiny about it. 
or toxic friends and people in general. On the other hand, somewhat glorifying mental issues. Heard the song where the guy literally says, honestly, you and me, we don't need no therapy. The fuck is that? And generally just promoting shitty and way over the top hedonistic lifestyle choices. But I guess that's nothing new. Why is that? Um, as a songwriter myself, I think I am the appropriate one to answer. So, um, when I write, I mean, I'll say this first. When I write music, I try to write, I try to be the, like, the person, like, I'm gonna write from my own experiences. I'm not gonna try to, like, make up a goddamn fucking situation that isn't real to make a song out of it and to see if I can make a sale. That's me when I write music. However, a lot of these pop artists, uh, and especially with the writers they put in the room with them, to help them write said song uh, are either normal people who have to deal with this shit, or they're just people who are very good at like turning a phrase, writing a song, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's the people. You have to just understanding the industry. I know the people who are in the room when these songs are written. So... One, there's, you know, there's obviously, there, there's an idea of uh, maybe someone in the room who's helping write this song is going through the situation. Maybe the actual artist is going through the situation. Uh, not super hard. Um, and also don't think, like, just because they wrote one song about it doesn't mean they're also writing a bunch of other songs about it. That's why you maybe one artist wrote three or four songs that also kind of sound like... Uh, they were in a toxic relationship with someone and they were very mean to them and they weren't a very good person to them in this relationship. And so they wrote a couple songs about it. They wrote a bunch of songs about it. That's, that's it. They wrote a whole fucking album about it. It's not that uncommon, you know, uh, stuff like that. Sometimes, you know, and then you also think about relationships in general. Like sometimes you date someone who is a toxic person, but they're not necessarily a actual to toxic person. They're just a toxic person, dot, 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 to you and so then you know you have something to write songs about so you know you get people who have been in that and you kind of understand that but you also enough to understand at the same time we are very creative people and so we have to figure out the idea of wordplay uh how words will work and then you also have this idea of like i get certain lines stuck in my head and i like write certain things i think i mentioned forever ago i wrote a line that was like you weren't my cup of tea you may not have been my cup of tea, but I'm more into coffee. I'm like, yeah, that's a good line. Stuff like that. You know, there's so many different lines. Uh, I'm just thinking on the top of my head right now. That's the first one that came to my mind. Uh, we, you know, just songwriters like that. So you can't have that. You also have the idea of uh, you have to write music that is relatable. For these artists who are just trying to write a song that's going to be a hit, you have to realize to be a hit a lot of people have to like it and a lot of people have to relate to said song that is how music works so if the people have to relate to songs what are people very good much going to relate to toxic relationships what do you think about toxic relationships well we think about how our phones how the internet and how everything like that has really made kind of really ruined relationships and stuff like that we're like i'm not saying that it's the ruiner of relationships but like People want someone who's worthy enough to be on their Instagram, worthy enough to help them be famous and stuff like that, uh, worthy enough to, you know, be idolized and shit like that. And uh, every, every you know, like, I meet women, they're like, I want to be an Instagram model. So they post these photos, like, trying to be a fucking model. I'm like, 
I mean, like, I don't think you're ugly, but at the same time, like, you're not hot. Like, you're not going to be an influencer. You're not going to become an influencer. Influencers are for people who are born naturally hot and have no talent. That's what an influencer is. You kind of have to get over that. So, um, yeah. So, um, and also just the Internet's made a lot of people toxic uh, and stuff like that. It's just, you know, uh, people are like, okay, I like you, but... I kind of want to see if I have a better option, you know, like now with online shopping, we're like, I'm looking for the best deal. And we like search for that best deal. And we made relationships like that. And it's just kind of, it really is pretty fucking toxic. So, um, I hope those are good reasons. I hope I actually went into good, like songwriter reasons. I think we're always trying to write the, what's going to write to most audiences and how the internet's kind of taken over and you know, how toxic relationships are kind of, really been taken over because people have become toxic because of the internet and uh, all the shit like that. So, yeah. If something is $20, why is it $19.99 and not $20? Okay. So, is... Oh, there's a, there's a line to this. Is this supposed to be a tactic to make something look cheaper than it actually is, or am I missing out on something that is common knowledge? Uh, no, I think you have it 100% correct from what you're doing. Uh, the idea of if instead of saying something's twenty dollars, you say it's nineteen ninety nine. The idea is nineteen dollars looks cheaper than twenty dollars, but your nineteen ninety nine is like once and off. And so if you just put something straight twenty, it's like oh that thing is twenty dollars nineteen ninety nine. Oh that's a really good deal because you think it's nineteen. I don't know why our brains in it because we see nineteen. Because we don't look at the the last two numbers ninety nine. We basically look at the first two numbers first, like. We're like, uh, $20, but $19, holy shit. Uh, because we want to, we want to believe that we're spending money on something that's cheaper than it actually is. When you say $19.99, uh, $20, I'm like, it's basically, one cent is not nothing these days. So we see $19.99, we're like, oh, that's a pretty good deal. It's only $19.99, that's pretty good. And you're like, it's $20, it's $20 fucking dollars. What the fuck? Why, why is it that expensive? I don't, you know, it's it's just an idea. Like, no, the whole idea of the dot ninety nine cents added on to it, instead of just being like the straight even number, is this idea that it looks cheaper than it actually is. That is the hundred percent reason why this shit exists and why this shit is showing as being cheaper than what it actually is. I hope that's a lesson for some of you. If you didn't know that, yeah, that's the reason why you see things as point like five ninety nine or. Nineteen ninety nine. That's that's the reason why. Hundred ninety nine ninety nine. I'm like, and at that point, it's, like, and eventually you get to a big enough number. Where it's like I don't think this works anymore. It's like, it's uh, three ninety nine ninety nine. Like that's four thousand dollars. Like we know we and I've just become to notice. I'm like that's four thousand dollars. That's not three ninety nine ninety nine. That's four thousand dollars. Uh, it's just that, that I think, and also, you know, it's at that precipice of right before it changes over to the next decimal or no next number. I don't know. Fuck it. I haven't taken math since what was the last year I took math? 2013. I haven't taken math since 2013. I hope you all know that. I haven't, I'm almost, I'm almost 30. So shut the fuck up. 
Should I delete social media? I used to be that person who posted everything on social media across all platforms since middle school to beginning of college. I slowly just started to stop and realize that privacy is luxury. About a year and a half ago, I rarely post anything and nor do I think to anymore, and which is honestly a very free feeling. I understand the pros and cons of social media. Just wondering what everyone's opinions are of those who deleted their social media already. Okay, so... There's one thing about social media. Uh, if you have things you don't want to be on social media anymore, like just like, you know, like tweets and shit like that, just go back in time and just start deleting that shit. That's just spend a couple hours and do that. It's not, it's not going to take that long. Uh, just do that. If your things that you're embarrassed about, just go ahead and delete it. Uh, uh, you know, you know, if it's on the internet, it's there forever, but also like most people aren't that in- interesting to, to begin with. To be honest, I'll just, let's just say to be honest, they're probably not that interested in begin with. Um, but I also want to say though, like there's those people like who like will make posts on Facebook or Instagram. I will be deleting my Facebook account on uh, July twentieth. So everyone, send me your messages or anything else while you can, because after that, I will be deleting my account. And it's like okay. The idea that you have to make a promotion or proclamate this idea that you are deleting your account says that you really want the attention from deleting your account. See, when I decide, I'm like, okay, I need a break from social media and stuff like that. Uh, What do I do? I just get off social media. I stop using it. I use a regular iPod for my music. I get off my phone. Like, I'm very good at, like, deciding, like, I want to get off my phone. I just want to listen to music. All that stuff. Like, I'm very good about that. But, like, people are just so... People are like, I have to make a whole ordeal on social media about how I'm... And then other people are like, I'm going to miss you here. I miss seeing what you're posting and shit like that. Shut the fuck up. Like, just shut... Like, I'm going to be honest. I don't care. Like, you know, I was in the Christian scene for a while. The Christian bullshit. I have to say that because apparently people will go on my case. Um... I was on that, and the people were like, I'm giving up social media for Lent. So, ta-ta there, everyone. I won't be here until Lent is over. I'm like, your posts aren't that interesting. Like, I go on Facebook, and, like, I follow memes, follow bands I like, uh, and it's going to be a lot more than just fucking people I know be like, oh, me and the kids, uh, I look, look at all my kids today. They are having a wonderful 4th of July. Look at them lighting them sparklers, LOL. I can't wait for our new baby to be here to celebrate in our tradition. Like, shut the fuck up. No one, like I'm saying, should you delete social media? Like, if you don't need to delete it, if you want to, like, keep your page active, do it. If you don't, do it. But don't be like, I'm going to delete my page. But uh, whenever I want to get back on, I'll reactivate it. Like, just shut the fuck up. Like, just, if you don't want to look at social media, don't look at social media. It's not fucking hard at all. Like, you could have an active page and not look at it at all. It's nothing Nothing is that hard to fucking do. Uh, you're pro- most, most people here are just probably fucking dipshits who still want attention. Like, the reason for social media is for attention. And that's, like, why you post on social media. And so, uh, if that's the kid. I don't know. Like, just be like, I'm leaving social media. I'm going to let everyone know that. And I will very much comment. It is much better to face these kinds of things with a sense of poise and rationality. Thank you. Today at church, we were told that 
it is best to get baptized as a young child and not wait until you are an adult. Should I be concerned? To me, it feels like they are rushing us to do it quickly before we are capable of thinking critically. Okay, so the meaning behind this, this is a very... I was in the non-denominational type of church, so uh, this wasn't necessarily a mindset at all. Our mindset was very much that uh, children or babies haven't sinned. Okay, well, I'm just this is not necessarily your question, but um, I'm answering it this that babies have not necessarily sinned yet, so they go to heaven, and uh, it takes a weird. It's a weird. And then we have the question of where's the weird line of when you have and when you haven't sinned. And we were always fighting Catholics on like original sin. And it was like, babies haven't sinned. But then there's also Eve sin. So there's an original sin. We've all sinned. And now we all inherently, I guess, get original sin and stuff like that. So the idea of people just trying to get baptized young is the idea of if you're baptized and you just automatically go to heaven. You could be Adolf fucking Hitler or Donald fucking Trump. And you would automatically go to heaven because you were baptized. Uh, that's the idea uh, behind it. So, um, not necessarily tell me what denomination of Christianity, because all cults need necessarily, uh, we have to understand your specific theology to understand what you're kind of believing. I don't know what specific sect of uh, Christianity you are. A little bit Catholic, maybe. Um, uh, what's the one? Uh, the one John Piper's into? I can't remember what it was, uh, where you're like, only certain people are destined for heaven, but everyone else is, can fucking suck my dick. Um, what I'll say here, though, is, um, yeah, the idea of getting baptized as a young child, um, that is specific views of Christianity, where if you're baptized, you can get into heaven, and that's why you just want to baptize as many people as possible, that way they're, I get that wristband that says they're accepted into heaven. Uh, I was never brought up in that belief system. I was always brought up in you decide to accept Jesus in your heart and then you have to live out that lifestyle and uh, or at some point pretend that you give a shit about it. So that's what I believed in. So if uh, you want to follow my beliefs, it's more of a I don't I never believed in the once saved always saved mindset. I always believed in the uh, you accept Jesus, and then you have to uh, follow it and be a ride or die. Uh, First of all, ride or die, bitch. What? So, yeah, um, hopefully that makes sense. Uh, I wish I knew what actual sect of Christianity you were a part of. Uh, I'd hopefully be able to give you a little bit more information on that, but I am not uh, knowing what it is, and uh, this is a recording and not a live show. So, sorry about that, bro. Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. Uh, uh, all right. Our last question for the podcast. Can you live single, alone, and happy your entire life? I have been constantly rejected, so I'm giving up on the idea of finding a partner. What can help me live a happy life alone? All right. Um, first of all... Uh, if you're a woman, I don't know if, that's, if you're a woman. You sound like a man. You sound like a man to me. Um... See, uh, uh, I'm, I'm giving you the mindset of like you have to, you're you you're living your life as if like you're not finding like a partner or soulmate or some bullshit that like you will be a complete person. Now, uh, it sounds like uh, your whole life goal is to be finding a partner, and uh, I'll be honest, unless you're uh, a Christian, uh, the only thing what Christians do is uh, date someone in high school. That's what they do. 
I, I was never a person to date someone in high school as an adult, so I wouldn't be able to help you out on that. I'm not, I'm, this is not a podcast. I'm sorry. If anyone's listening to this podcast and they're like, I hope this guy helps me date someone in high school as an adult man in my 20s or 30s. I'm, I'm going to be blunt and tell you this is not the podcast for you. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, this is not the podcast you should be listening to. Um, the idea, so I don't know if you're if you're you're thinking about this idea of being happy your entire life. I'm like, look, here's what you should be doing, uh, and it's 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 bad because I grew up Christian. And you're like, you got to get married so you can have sex, and if you're not having sex, because like I'm a man, and you're like, if you're not having sex, you're a fucking loser, and it's like. And then Christianity's like, you gotta be married before you have sex. I'm like, well, fuck, now I have to get married? That's a fucking ordeal. You're like, I have to date someone to be horny for, like, a year or less. And then you marry someone you barely know just so you can have fucking sex with them. Uh, it's a whole fucking ordeal. That sounds like a whole fucking ordeal that I don't want to be a part of. Um, so, yeah, no, you're, like, living alone, happy, and entire life. You know, here, here's the thing. You gotta make the life you want that doesn't involve... That doesn't involve any bitches. That's what I'll say. Because uh, you have to make a life you want to live and live that life. Then you can meet a woman and be like, do you want me to live this life and you live this life minus some compromises? And she's like, yeah. And then you you live that life. Stuff like that. Your, your, your idea is, like, I'm, I'm just constantly being rejected. Maybe, how do I be happy alone? I'm like, first of all, do the shit you want to do. And maybe you'll find someone along the way who will ride or die. Uh, hold on. The things you want to do on your own. That's the thing. Uh, because it's like, you meet these guys, like, you know, you have friends and you're like, hey, let's play, let's play Fortnite tonight. And they're like, hold on, let me ask my wife. And they ask their wife. Like, sorry guys, my wife said no. I can't play Fortnite tonight. I'm like, Fuck, what the fuck? Your wife controls what you can and can't do? Fuck her. Like, and that sounds like a life, you know, you're not, it sounds like if you end up in that situation, that's why I'm like, my friends with girlfriend, I'm like, oh, have them play with us. And then they play with us. And we're like, okay, you're a solid teammate. And like, even if they're not that good, it's like, whatever. You know, just, you know, and also as like a friend of other men, you're like, you want to like your, your friend's life, your friend's wives and stuff like that. You're like, uh, because, like, if they date someone who annoys you and they end up marrying that person, I'm like, god damn. And that's why I I generally enjoy the company of my friends' wives because they aren't fucking annoying. Um, anyways, though, you should be, you should have your life, the life you want, single, and having the life you want with another person comes along, then you're fine. Unless your whole goal in life is to have kids and be married. Uh, and both of you like that. I don't know. Like, you know, I'm saying basically the only thing I'm saying is if you're not happy alone, you won't be happy in a relationship because there's toxic people everywhere and annoying people everywhere. And you should just live with that fact forever and always. Anyways, though, that's how we're ending today's episode of Cancel Sweezy. Thank you so much. For tuning in to Cancel Sweezy, better known as the Lord's Trademark Favorite Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Social media at the Sweezy, wherever you get social media. 
I'll be there. I uh, check out my music under Sweezy. Just take out the cancel part and put the Sweezy in. That's where you'll find my music. Twitch.tv slash the Sweezy. Like I said, if you have an Amazon Prime account, Amazon Prime, I said that right, go ahead and connect that with your Twitch Prime account. Uh, hit the subscribe button instead of the follow button. Great way to financially support uh, me specifically in everything I do. Patreon is another way to financially support us just with actual money. Uh, so go check that out as well. Link in our description. Uh, then there's all the free shit you can do. Like I always said, if you're listening to the show, go check out our YouTube page. We do post the highlights of the show. We do post the full episodes as well. So if you just want to pull it up on your TV, uh, it's great. You get to see my fucking face and uh, see me talk about things. If we, put, we do clips on the show. You get to see those as well. It is great. Uh, leave a comment. Uh, subscribe. Hit the notification bell on YouTube because that notifies you when we post literally anything uh and obviously if you're audio only go ahead and hit that subscribe button uh leave us a review and give us a five four three two or one rating thank you so much let's end the episode like we always do honk if you love butt drugs and stay awesome Believe it or not, Schweg is in at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. You just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. You are now one of the smartest individuals who will ever exist in our world. Uh, if you like that episode, make sure you subscribe, whether you're watching this show or listening to the show, make sure you subscribe. That way you get notified whenever we release full new episodes as well. And if you're on YouTube, smash that bell button. That way you get notified anytime we make a post over here on YouTube. Uh, honk if you love butt drugs. And uh, yeah, stay awesome.